Good morning, goddesses and gods alike. This is Shannon, and I'm your host, and you're listening to the Goddess Morning Show podcast, where you can tune in every weekday morning for an approximately 20-minute long episode to start your day with updates on things that matter to a community of awake and conscious individuals who seek the divine feminine in all we do. We sift through all the copious amounts of information on the internet to bring you news and information on the things that matter to you. Tune in to hear about environmental news and book releases, interviews with thought leaders influencing the awakening of humanity, the moon phases, planetary positions, crystal healing, herbal and holistic health, guidance on green living, and that's just naming a few. Please remember to subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you are listening to us on right now. Be blessed. Namaste. Good morning, goddesses and gods alike. Today is February 13th, 2020. This is the Goddess Morning Show, and I'm your host, Shannon. Today, we are talking about an article from pathios.com, dated February 10th, 2020, by author Gwen, and it says, Heartbeat, trees do more than we know. A study has shown that trees do have a kind of heartbeat. Through a monitoring technique known as terrestrial laser scanning, scientists are discovering that trees do have a beat of their own, a unique rhythm that pulses through the body of the tree. These pulses distribute water through the tree, much as the heart pumps blood through our body. In the past, osmosis is the process believed to perform this function. However, these new findings contradict that understanding. The heartbeat of a tree is slow and steady, happening every few hours in some instances. Results also show trees have a circadian rhythm known as circadian leaf movements and a kind of sleep pattern. Several tree species drop their leaves when the sun goes down. Some researchers believe trees and plants feel pain or distress, although not in the way beings with a brain and nervous system do. And there appears to be communication that occurs even if it's in a form we don't understand. And we, on a previous episode, talked about the networking of the communication between the trees in their root systems. So I'm not going to go into that any further. Okay. In news from Stephanie Conahan with Off the Sidelines Spotlight, today we have an article that says, Just over 25 years ago, the Senate passed the Violence Against Women Act. Landmark legislation designed to protect survivors of domestic violence, sexual assault, and stalking. Considered one of our country's most effective tools in combating gender-based violence, the act has earned bipartisan support since its passage. Yet last February, the law expired. The House passed an updated version of the bill, once again with bipartisan support in early April. Under Mitch McConnell's leadership, however, the bill has stalled in the Senate. So what's the history of the Violence Against Women Act? It was signed into law September 1994, becoming the first comprehensive federal legislative package designed to end violence against women. The law put in place a range of legal protections for women, including requiring states to recognize protection orders from other states, federal prosecution of domestic violence and sexual assault cases that cross state lines, incentives for states to require the mandatory arrest of abusers, and along with funding for sexual assault and domestic violence crisis centers and other social services. 
The act fundamentally shifted the national narrative around gender-based violence, and its grants and legal provisions helped decrease the overall rate of intimate partner violence by 64% from 1993 to 2010. It has been reauthorized three times in the years 2000, 2005, and 2013, every time with bipartisan support. Each time the act is up for reauthorization, lawmakers have taken the opportunity to update the legislation, expanding protections, clarifying language, and ensuring that all victims are protected. The act of 2019 passed the House with bipartisan support in April of 2019. So where does that leave us? The bill is stalled in the Senate, Republicans cowering to NRA pressure, introduced a version of the bill that leaves the boyfriend loophole in place. The GOP version of the bill also rolls back protections for LGBTQ and Native American and Alaskan Native communities. Democrats continue to rally behind calls to bring the House Passed Act to the floor for a vote. By refusing to do so, Mitch McConnell is essentially condemning the act to his ever-expanding legislative graveyard. All right, moving on, there is a new app that I wanted to tell the listeners about called the Divine Feminine App, and it is available on Google Play and Apple Apps Store, and it is free to browse member profiles, look for resources in your community, and nearby circles being hosted. So that's really good. All right, uh, our next article is entitled, Meditation Didn't Work for My OCD and Anxiety, But This Practice Did, by Amanda Quadrini from February 12th. From mindbodygreen.com, it says, I didn't fully understand how powerful the breath was until I learned about the Ujjayi breath, also known as rhythmic nostril breathing, during my 200-hour yoga teacher training. Once I started focusing on this particular breath during yoga flows, which sounds like the waves of the ocean or the mask of Darth Vader, it became the thing, the only thing I could think about. It made every class fly and left me with an insane sense of calm, confidence, and awareness. During meditation, I felt like I was just observing my mental chatter, but with breath work, I could focus more on my body and less on my intrusive thoughts, which ultimately allowed me to enter a different state of consciousness. The ultimate guide to breath work, and they give a link, which I will post below in the show notes, gave me a strong baseline understanding of what breath work is, why it works, and how to use it throughout the day. I walked away with an arsenal of breathing tools and techniques that I could call upon in various stressful situations. I love that the courses gave me specific methods to try during different scenarios, such as before an important presentation at work or during a sleepless night. It turns out that these types of stress are different and they can be soothed using different breath techniques. The most important lesson that I learned from Gwen, the teacher, though, is that the breath is a tool that I have access to at any moment. Breath is our life source and it's the easiest thing to leverage to help calm the mind and regulate the nervous system. And I don't need to sit in a dimly lit room in an upright position or attend a yoga class to practice it. I can implement the power of breath work while sitting at my desk in the middle of my open air office, on the subway, watching TV with my husband, or while out to dinner with my family. I think that's a really important reminder about the importance of breath work. So, 
from an article by Melissa Clary, who is part of Wild Woman Sisterhood. She has written a poem, and I wanted to read this to the listeners today. I thought it was an especially inspiring poem. And it says, I am a wild woman. I know in spite of myself and in spite of what I've been told that there's beauty in every age, no matter how old. I am a wild woman. I've learned what it means to be a life bearer, to bear children, to create art, to plant seeds of love. I am a wild woman. From the depths of the dirt underneath my fingernails to the height of my very soul, I am one with the earth, the winds from the four directions whisper through my skin. I am a wild woman, and the spirit of every wild woman coalesces with me, for we are each wild woman, and we are all the spirit of the wild woman. I will follow the voice in my heart. I am a wild woman. I sing from my heart. I dance with the stars. I howl at the moon. I love uncontrollably. I am a wild woman from the deepest, darkest, most sacred part of me. I am fearless. I cry in strength. I open my arms to the sky and welcome the rain. I am a wild woman. I nurture, love, and protect. I stand strongly, silently, sweetly for my brothers. I walk dutifully, prayerfully, joyfully upon the mother, and I will not be stopped. I am a wild woman. All right. From Robin Korak, date, an article dated February 8th. It says, Phoenix Rising, Fire, Water, and Words, Divination with the Goddess Briad. And the article is about ceramancy. And ceramancy is defined as divination using candle wax and water. In this type of divination, the fiery spark of inspiration manifests in the candle and the liminal element of water combined to provide compelling visual images. I have utilized ceramancy in two different ways. The easiest way requires candles and a bowl of water. I suggest using a variety of colored candles, but truly you only need one candle to do this work. Color candles tend to produce a more striking and clear image, in my opinion, and have having multiple colors provides a nice contrast. You can even assign a color for different aspects of your reading, such as blue for past, white or yellow for present, and green for future. Light the candles and allow some time for the candles to melt. While the candles are burning, fill a medium-sized bowl with water. I personally find silver bowls to be the most effective, but any type of bowl will do. Once you have filled the bowl with water, take some time to reflect on your question and the information you are seeking. It can be helpful to put yourself in a slightly meditative state by staring at a candle flame for a bit. When you are ready and when the candles have melted to provide enough wax, snuff out the candles and gently pour the wax in the water. Upon hitting the water, the wax will immediately harden and form images. Focusing on your question, look at the images in the water or pull the wax form out of the water and see what pictures or symbols come to mind. Ceramancy is very similar to tea leaf reading in this regard. As examples, in my past ceramancy efforts, the wax has hardened to produce images of a dragon, a baby, 
a three-columned palace structure, and a heart. What ideas or concepts do the images bring to mind? You can use a dream book to find the meaning behind the image, or you can do research to see what each image has been commonly associated with throughout time. The challenge with using generic symbolic information is that we each have our own filters, so common symbols and images can mean different things to different people. Apples might mean health to one person and wisdom to another. Therefore, I suggest that people keep their own journal of what common symbols bring to mind for them. The journal can then be referenced as part of the Ceramancy reading. And the reason why that was in that article was because she uses it in her practices toward the goddess Briad. And I personally am a huge fan of pyromancy, where you just basically stare into the flame and uh, allow your eyes to relax and see what images come up from within the flame. So I was particularly um, attracted to this idea as well, although I've done it before, I just didn't really know that was the name for it. So our next article is The Magic of Gathering in the Kitchen from February 7th. And it says, have something cooking before your guests arrive. There's nothing like being greeted at the door with a huge whiff of already cooking food. Immediately, guests know we're going to eat. They relax. See, there's the biology taking over. They start getting comfortable and come into the kitchen. Then we chat about whatever tasty concoction I'm working on. Eat with your eyes as well as your mouth. Food tastes better when it's colorful, and I'm not just talking about ingredients. Make the whole affair a visual feast. There's a red tagen in my kitchen. A rack of red and brown and yellow spices is in clear sight. Fresh green herbs sit in mason jars along the windowsill. There's nearly always bright yellow lemons and deep red ruby beets. And our favorite red and purple bowl that I love to serve meals in. Invite your guests to stir in a little magic. My favorite piece of kitchen... Kitchen magic is to have my guests do a little magic with me. I'll ask, what's one thing you wish for from this gathering or holiday or whatever meeting? I ask them to stir the pot, mix the salad, or swizzle their cocktails with that intention. All right. And that was just a little tidbit of that article about magic of gathering in the kitchen in an effort to give tips on how to practice that. Okay. In, in a Separate topic, I want to remind everyone out there to contact your local energy company to ask if they have green energy options. I know that here in my home city, we have the purchasing of RECs, it's, um, renewable energy certificates, which are basically ensuring that part of the electricity that you're using on your bill is coming from a renewable resource. And another option that my city has and yours can be completely different, but um, may have something similar is a, an opportunity to purchase shares in solar or wind energy so that you know that your money is going toward that company being able to generate solar or wind energy. So that is one thing that I would recommend as a tip for being more environmentally friendly. All right. And from Elemental Life, we have an announcement. 
It says, what if you could create sacred connections with your ancestors and tap into their wisdom to heal yourself and your lineage of old wounds? There is more and more evidence that traumatic events in our bloodlines leave traces in our DNA for generations. This line of science is called epigenetics. It is vital to understand the way that our genes are affected by circumstances in our past and in our lives of our ancestors so that we can heal those experiences for the generations to come. Connections to your ancestors could help you understand why you or a family member experience dis-ease and guide you to heal symptoms. All around the globe, people have historically developed relationships with the wise ancestral guides and their bloodlines to help heal emotions, physical, spiritual imbalances within themselves, with their families, and their communities. Connecting with your wise ancestors can help you and your family live happier, healthier, more fulfilling lives, while also benefiting future generations of your bloodline and even our beautiful earth. And it says that anyone is invited to attend the Ancestral Healing Summit from February 17th to February 21st. It's a global gathering of leading ancestral healing experts and inspiring teachers who will be sharing a powerful synthesis of spirituality and shamanism science, science and psychology, and ancient wisdom from around the world that promises to transform your life and your lineages. And for this online summit, I will be posting the link to go and sign up for it. I believe it's free, but don't quote me on that. You can just follow the link and find out. But um, the link to sign up will definitely be in the show notes if that's something you're interested in doing. And from Friends of the Earth, we have our environmental news today. And it urges us to tell the EPA to uphold strong worker protection standards. This is last year, the EPA announced plans to gut worker protection standards, the regulations that help protect farm workers from toxic pesticides. This dangerous plan could soon be a reality. Farm workers will be in even more danger from toxic pesticides. The rule change would allow pesticide applicators to continue spraying pesticides despite workers being present. People could be doused in poisonous pesticides. Increased use of pesticides is already poisoning people and our environment. We need to strengthen regulations on these poisons, not weaken them. Now we need you with us to convince the EPA to abandon its terrible plan. And I will also put a link to this article and the thing that it's requesting you to do in the show notes. It says farm workers and their family are already being exposed to big ags, poisons every day. The EPA should not make a bad situation worse by taking away these important protections. According to the worker protection standards, pesticides can't be sprayed if another person is within 25 to 100 feet The proposed EPA rule change would make an exception if the person within that buffer is on a different property. No invisible property line is going to keep pesticides from poisoning farm workers. Pesticides often end up where they don't belong. They drift and contaminate nearby plants, water, air, and our food. The EPA must uphold the most basic protections for farm workers and their families. This rollback is the result of an EPA run by pesticide 
industry cronies like Andrew Wheeler. The rule change will make it easier to spray toxic pesticides like chlorpyrifos, Monsanto's Roundup, and bee-killing neonics. Some farm workers and their families live very close to agricultural fields. If the EPA rolls back current protections, the homes of workers and their communities could see increased contamination and increased health risk from poisonous pesticides. And that was written by Jason Davidson, food and agriculture campaigner for Friends of the Earth. All right, and from energymuse.com, today we have our crystal for the day, which is epidote. When you have been betrayed, it can be difficult to discuss your feelings, even with your family and your closest friends. You might feel embarrassed or ashamed for having allowed yourself to be misled. This is the time to use epidote. Speak to it. Talking about your hurt with your crystal will help to diffuse toxic emotions. Epidote can help you to move past the painful experience by acknowledging the pain. It acts like a sponge absorbing anger, resentment, heart, confusion, frustration, and disappointment. Epidote reminds you to stop giving the old betrayal any more attention. It's time to move forward. Rather than keeping protective barriers around your heart, Epidote encourages you to start to break them down so you can open yourself up to love and connection with others. Working with Epidote gives you the strength to face the betrayal head on so that it no longer holds power over you. It will help you to get a place where you are ready to tear down the walls around your heart and start to rebuild your ability to trust. And just in reading that, I would say that this this stone in particular would also be very good for people with PTSD if they've experienced partner violence or sexual violence, because also you would have to rebuild your ability to trust. All right, our herb for today is golden seal, and it comes to us from NIH.gov website. It says golden seal is a plant native to North America. Overharvesting and loss of habitat have decreased the availability of wild golden seal, but the plant is now grown commercially in the United States, especially in the Blue Ridge Mountains. Historically, Native Americans used golden seal for skin disorders, ulcers, fevers, and other conditions. European settlers adopted it as a medicinal plant using it for a variety of conditions, and it is currently used as a dietary supplement for colds and other respiratory tract infections, allergic rhinitis, ulcers, and digestive upsets such as diarrhea and constipation. It is also used as a mouthwash for sore gums and as an eyewash for eye inflammation, and it is applied to the skin for rashes and other skin problems. The roots of golden seal are dried and used to make teas, extracts, tablets, or capsules. It is often combined with echinacea in commercial products. All right. And on February 18th, we have a new book release, and it is in The Universe is Calling You, Connecting with Essence to Live with Positive Energy, Love, and Power. And it's by America's beloved psychic, Char Margolis, and it introduces readers to the vital energy of Essence. Essence is the fundamental, universal, loving energy that connects the entire universe and all its living beings. This universal loving goodness binds us all together in an intimate and powerful way. 
Char shows readers how to tap into the power of essence and draw strength and wisdom from these deep fundamental connections. Using the universal presence of essence, readers will learn the truth about living and dying, the five sources of power and how to manifest them, about spirits and angels and how to benefit from their aid, how to help departed loved ones find peace, ways to ward off negative and harmful energies, and much more. And they can explore the vast and connected world of essence and delve into their own inherent spiritual awareness. And finally, we have our moon and planetary positions for today. We have the sun in Aquarius, moon in Libra, Mercury in Pisces, Venus in Aries, Mars in Sagittarius, Jupiter in Capricorn, Saturn in Capricorn, Uranus in Taurus, Neptune in Pisces, Pluto in Capricorn, and Chiron in Aries. As always, if you have any comments or questions to write in about, we will enter you in our weekly giveaway, and you can email those to from ashesweRise2 at gmail.com. And if you leave a review for us on whatever platform you're listening to this show on right now, and then email us to let us know you left a review, we will also enter you in the giveaway. And that giveaway is a three-ounce bag of organic non-GMO herbal tea, custom blended from, from asheswerise2.com. Thank you for listening. Please remember to subscribe. Have a wonderful day. Blessings and namaste. This episode of the Goddess Morning Show is brought to you by FromAshesWeRise2.com, where you can get wellness coaching using holistic methods of healing, purchase our handcrafted, custom-blended, organic, non-GMO herbal teas that are crafted with love, and also order hand-poured soy candles infused with love and pure essential oils and herbs to heal using aromatherapy. Visit our website at fromasheswerise2.com. That's fromasheswerise with the number 2.com to read more about these products and services. Have a blessed day.